Well, happy 4th of July, everyone. How many have loved the rain yesterday? Isn't that funny in Arizona? We get so excited about rain. Like, it's so awesome. But, boy, it just cooled things down, and it was so fun. But I'm glad you all are here on the 4th of July. How many came expecting a word from the Lord? I'm glad you did, and I wanna, I'm just excited to share with you. So I'm going off of our little series that we were doing, and I'm going to talk to you this morning about what is real freedom, amen? What is real, real freedom? Say that ten times fast. I dare. What is, what, you got to say the whole thing. What is real freedom? What is real freedom? What is real freedom? What is real freedom? Okay, you guys, <laughs> that's awesome. So uh, anyway, of course, we're celebrating the freedom of the great America. And so I want to talk about the freedom we have in Jesus, amen. And uh, being very careful, you know, I was reminded by the Lord this week that uh, the Holy Spirit declared over our church that 2021 is the year of Jubilee. And it's the year of debt cancellation and, and, God, and God giving back everything that, that was this, the devil took from us. And I've been walking and praying in the same declaring Deuteronomy's 28 over our church and the blessings of God that we're blessed in the city, we're blessed in the fields, and our, our baskets are overflowing, amen, our cabinets are full. I've been praying over the fruit of the wombs to be blessed, so if any of you girls want to get pregnant, you're going to be blessed. We're speaking babies, amen, in this church, and uh, so I just believe God's in this season of blessing us right now. Even though things can look a little challenging, we are in Jubilee, amen. And in the covenant of Jesus, and when we are walking in freedom, we have joy, we have peace, we have victory in areas of our life, amen. We are walking in the promises of God. And I don't want just enough this year. I want more than enough. How many wants the exceedingly abundantly above all we could think, dream, or imagine blessings? And I truly believe that's what we have in the covenant and what God wants us to walk in. But what the enemy wants to do is he wants to um, cause us to forget our covenant, forget who we are, and we begin to walk in guilt and we walk in shame or insecurities. And what the enemy wants to do is he wants to get you emotionally or in your mind locked back up into bondage so that you're not walking in the promises of God. Uh, there's a scripture verse in Galatians 2.4. I highly encourage you to look it up in the message translation when you get home. It is amazing. But um, the, the short version of this scripture verse is that the enemy set in people, the enemy set in people that looked like Christians, right? They were sent by the devil. And what they did is they wanted to spy out your liberty to bring you back into bondage. And you know that's what the devil does in your life? He sees you getting free. He sees you getting whole. He sees you getting, you know, getting your life in order and all the blessings of God. And he'll come in like a stealth. And he'll sneak in the back door of your life to look at your liberty. Because the devil hates your liberty. He hates it when you're free. He hates it when you're walking in the covenant. And the only goal that he has is to bring you back into bondage. Say, I'm not going back. There's no bondage for us, amen. We're moving forward. And I was reminded of a, a story about Alcatraz. You know Alcatraz and the prison, I think it's off San Diego on the island there in San Francisco. I knew it was an S off, off over there. And uh, anyway, they said one of the tormenting things for the men that were in prison over there is that they were locked up in this prison and they could see what opportunities were for them, but they weren't ever able to obtain them. And isn't that how the devil keeps us? 
He keeps us locked up in these prisons that we want things from God. We can see maybe what God's doing for other people, but we live in this little island of bondage, never receiving the freedom of God in our life. And it's time to cast off those restraints of the enemy, amen, and receive all the great things that God has for you. So I'm going to share some scriptures this morning out of 1 Samuel. And many of us have heard this story before, but I just want you to know when you begin to declare freedom in your life and you begin to declare for God to do great things, the enemy is going to try to get you to stop believing God for those things. Amen. So I want to show you some things that God did to uh, David. Everybody say King David. King David, David was just anointed king in front of his brothers. He had like this incredible moment of favor. But David had to go back to doing life as ordinary. So we come into church and receive the word of God and we get excited about what God's doing. And we feel like, yes, I have authority. And then we go out on Monday and we forget our authority. We forget who we really are and who's that we really are. But David didn't. Even though his circumstances didn't look like he was king yet, he knew that he was king. He knew he was anointed by God. He knew the covenant that he had with God the Father. And so once he knew this covenant, it was going to be tested. So what you have to understand is when you get this covenant revelation, it's going to be tested. And it's not always just the devil, but God is testing us to see, do you really believe who God says that you are? Do you really believe what the word of God says? You have the opportunity to do the works and not just talk about the works. Amen. It's not enough to just know the word. We got to be doers of the word of God. And so when the challenges come, when the enemy wants to come, or I always say the inner me, we've got to put the word in action. So let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 17, and we're going to start at verse, what did I say, 24? I think is what I said. Um, uh, is that what I said, girls, 24? Okay. And it says this. Now, David um, was coming, you know, to fight Goliath. And how many know that we all have Goliaths in our life? We all have things that we're facing that seem so much bigger than us. Now, if you look at Goliath just in the natural, Goliath was nine foot, nine inches. That's a pretty big guy. 126 pounds. He had to have been more than that, right? Yeah. I must have got that wrong. But his spear was 15 to 16 pounds. So there was this giant in front of him that is a bully. And it's an obstacle that we're facing in our life. And what I want to ask you this morning, what is the Goliath that is intimidating you? What is the Goliath that's standing so big in front of you that you are afraid to exercise your God-giving covenant and freedom in the word of God that will tell that giant to come down in the name of Jesus? Right? So we're facing these Goliaths, and this is where he is in this story. So verse 24 says this, And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, Goliath, they fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So I want to ask you this morning, are you running towards your Goliath, or are you running from Goliath? Do you see the bully in front of you, the thing that's intimidating, and believe me, we all have it, or are we going to be like the Israelites and be terrified and afraid? Or are we going to come up like David? And David was small in the eyes of man. David was insignificant in the eyes of man. But he was big in God. So wherever you're at today, how you feel about yourself or the situation, you are big in God. You have all power and authority to take down that Goliath and get the freedom that God already gave us. So they were afraid. In verse 25, so the men of Israel said, 
Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches and will give him his daughters and give his father's house exemptions from taxes in Israel. So what was happening? They were like trying to bribe men to step up and to deal with Goliath because everyone was afraid. But David showed up. So in verse 26, I want you to see this. Then David spoke to the men who stood among him saying, What shall be done for the man who kills the Philistines and takes away the reproach from Israel? And then I love this next line of David. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? David's looking at the same problem that everybody else was facing, but he had a righteous anger on this inside of him. And when, as I was reading it, it made me just think that David war, rose up in a warrior spirit. You are warriors today, and we need to be like David. Have this righteous anger and indignation of the thing that's trying to stop me from what is actually mine. And that is victory. That is breakthrough. That is favor. That is promotion. That is healing. What is on the other side of this Goliath that you need to rise up and say, who does that thing think it is to defy me, a child of God? You have to have ang- you got to get angry. you got to be angry. Sick and tired of being sick and tired, as they say. And that word defy means this. How do- who is this uncircumcised Philistine that they defy the armies of God? That word defy means to taunt or to jeopardize. Who is that Goliath in front of you that jeopardizes the breakthrough that God has for you? Who is that spirit that's taunting me and saying, I'm not good enough and I'm not worthy and that's never going to happen? How many has heard those voices before? But that's, they're defying who God says that you are. And you've got to get a warrior spirit and say, no, I'm going to take down this Goliath and I'm going to show you how I'm going to do it. But there were some things that David had to encounter on his way to defeat Goliath. And that's what I want to point out this morning. So let's keep going in verse 27. And the people answered him in this matter saying, so shall it be done for the man who kills him. And now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger was aroused against David, and he said, Why have you come down here, and with whom have you left a few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, and you have come down to see the battle. The first thing that David had to face was people that were belittling him, right, and false accusing him. His brother, who he got bypassed from being king, Eliab was the oldest. He was supposed to be the one that's king. And now David shows up on the scene, and Eliab is what? He's full of self-doubt. Eliab is full of fear. He is rejecting David's presence or the presence of God. So I want to ask you this morning, every one of us has a David on the inside of us. Every one of us. But guess what? Every one of us has an Eliab on the inside of us. So who are you going to step up and be this week in this thing that you're facing? Are you going to be a liar, which is easy to do because what you're facing is intimidating. And it is bigger than you. But God is bigger than all of your circumstances. And Eliab comes along. He's already jealous of David, right? He's already mad at him. And what does he do? Who would you lead those small sheep with? When you're trying to get to this thing, the devil's going to go, who do you think you are to believe God for that? 
Who are you to believe for big things and blessings and prosperities and a good family and church? Who do you think you are? You don't have to raise your hand, but we've all felt that way, haven't we? We felt belittled. And then he judged David's heart and said, you are full of pride. The enemy is going to come and bring false accusations against you when you're trying to face your Goliath. But you have to recognize the enemy, right? Don't stop because an alive spirit of insecurity on the inside of you wants to halt the will of God in your life. Rise up as a David. Rise up as a warrior. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Amen. So let's keep going. It says, um, verse 29, and David said, what have I done now? Like, you ever just feel like that with the enemy? Like, what? why are you still coming after me? Why are you still attacking me? Why are you still still in my joy? Like, there comes a place where you just got to go, what am I doing wrong, right? Like, what is going to be different in my life because I can't keep doing this? David was tired of the accusations, right? But he said after that, he said, is there not a cause? So I want to ask you this morning, what is your cause? That word cause means what matters in your life. What is the thing that's going to produce change? What's, going to, what's it going to take you to get to action to allow change in your life, to not allow this bully in your life anymore? You've got to have a cause. Is your cause freedom and, and depression? Then you have a cause. You know what, devil? You've been beating me up, but I got a cause. I have a place I'm going. That word cause means a person or a thing that gives rise to an action. Is there not a cause? Do we want to be where we're at in 2022? Or do we want to be somewhere different? I have a cause this year, amen? I want a renewed life. I want everything the devil stole from me. He's got a payback sevenfold return. I want debt cancellation. I want this city won for Jesus. I want people saved, healed, and delivered. I have a cause. And when you know what you're fighting for, it will give you a warrior spirit to take action. But if we wake up every day and we're just used to Goliath being there in the field, we're used to, used to Goliath telling us we're worthless and things are never going to change, we will never rise and take action. And this is the year of action, isn't it? What's the principle? What are you fighting for? What are you deciding to do different? I can tell you the most important thing you're fighting for when you're taking care of Goliath, and it is your covenant. It's your covenant. You're fighting for the covenant that God gave you. So when you're facing Goliath, you're protecting your freedom. Because if I'm not standing up against the, uh, the opposition of the enemy, I'm walking in bondage or I'm in bondage, not walking in the freedom and the liberty that God has called me to walk in as a believer. It's time for us to be free, amen? It's time to take the shackles off. It's time to open the doors of bondage and begin to soar in the promises of God. It's time to run and not grow weary, walk and not faint, amen? Go on the wings of eagles as God called us to live. It's time to soar above your circumstance instead of living in bondage in them. Amen. We need to have a coming out party, amen? Let's come on out and be who God's called you to be. God says, I am no respecter of persons. I don't have any more authority because I'm a pastor than you have. We all walk in the same earth suit. We all have the same flesh. But we have the spirit of the living God in us. Will you rise up and be a David? Be a warrior. Take your family for Jesus. Take your children for Jesus. Take what belongs to you in this season. Amen. Is there not a cause? What's your cause this year? I've been talking the last few weeks about 
having your vision, writing it down plainly. That's your cause. And so when, when, when Goliath steps in front of you, you've got your reason why I'm running after. Break those generational curses. Break those things that every family member in your life has struggled with, but you don't have to. You don't have to deal with what they've done. You can break it by the covenant of Jesus, but you may have to face some opposition of the enemy. Amen? So let's keep going. Verse 30. And he turned, being Eliab, turned from him towards another. So here he is ridiculing his brother. And then what does he do? He turns to other people and says, let me tell you. And he repeated the same thing to the people around him. What was he trying to do? Cause strife and division. I'm going to get all these people on my side to feel the same way. The enemy, when he comes against us, makes a problem look so much bigger than it is. He'll magnify it. He'll make it seem like everything's against you. It's never going to change. You're believing for debt-free. You're going to get a bill in the mail that shocks you. The enemy's going to make sure everything is magnified when you're trying to break through this Goliath and this resistance in your life. But you have to keep pressing through. Because you have to remember, Goliath is just a bully. He's already been defeated, amen? You already have a covenant, but you have to be stand up and rise up against this Goliath. All right, let's keep going. First, um, 31. Now, when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul, and he sent for them. Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with the Philistines. David rose up to the occasion. Verse uh, 33, and Saul said to David, you are not able to go against the Philistines to fight with him, for you are just a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. What's going to happen? The enemy's going to come, and he's going to say, you're not worthy to do this. What's he going to attack? Your self-esteem. He's going to attack your worth. David, you're just a youth. Who do you think you are to fight this Goliath who has been a warrior since his youth? See, the enemy is going to intimidate you and make you feel like you're not spiritual enough. You don't read your Bible enough. You don't really know who you are in Christ enough. And it will make your value go way down. And when you don't see yourself who you are in Christ Jesus, you will never go after Goliath. Your covenant in Christ is by the grace of the cross. You don't buy yourself worth. You don't earn your value. You have it. It's yours, but you have to step into it and move in that value so that the enemy can see that you know who you are. Because, see, God knows who you are. The devil knows who you are. But do you know who you are? You may feel small and insignificant, but you have the great I am living in you. And you can overcome anything that comes in your way. Amen. So he'll let you feel, he'll hit you, this is what the Lord showed me, the enemy will hit you where it hurts. So what area of your life is on repeat that the enemy keeps hitting you where it hurts? Something from the past, some brokenness, something that's shameful, and it'll hit you right there every time. You go, yeah, that's right, that's who I really am. Yeah, I'm not really deserving of what God has for me. And we buy into that. And we repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. And we find ourselves stuck in the same place of our life instead of taking the liberty, taking the year of jubilee of who God's called us to be. Amen. All right, let's go to the next verse. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And, and when a lion or a bear came 
um, and took a lamb out of the flock. I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by the beard and I struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing that he has defied the armies of the living God. What was David doing? He was reflecting back on who he was when no one else was watching. Even though everything around him was trying to make him small, he said, no, I killed the lion in the field and nobody was there. It's the first time he's telling his story. I killed the bear, right? No one was looking when I was having victory. Maybe some people didn't see the places that you won victory, but you know what you won. Maybe the places you've taken in your life hasn't impressed anybody yet, but neither did David impress anybody, right? Maybe there was things that nobody had to pat him on the back. Nobody was there to tell David, oh, what a great man. You killed that lion. Wow. Let's put that on Facebook and social media. Oh, yay, David. And David can feel in his flesh heroic. No, David knew who he was in the private places. You know your victories. You know the battles that you have won. So when Goliath comes and all this resistance comes against you, say, no, I know who I am. I know what God has done for me. And if he did it for me there, he's going to do it for me now. And it may not be this big that I've, I've dealt with before, but if God was with me here, God is with me now. Amen. You don't need a, pack, a pat on the back. You don't need an applause from man. You don't need a great big prophecy. You just need God on your side knowing who you are. And the beautiful thing about David winning this battle, this covenant, was that it was going to be for the entire army of Israel. See, when you take your covenant, you win it for your children and your children's future's mates, and their children, and your whole household should be saved. So you're not just fighting this Goliath for you. I'm taking this Goliath down for anybody who is in my bloodline because they're going to be blessed because I'm fighting for the covenant that God gave me. Isn't that good? And it's not too late to fight for your covenant. It's not too late to stand up and deal with the sins of the forefathers. Put them under the blood of Jesus. Redeem a new bloodline in Christ, and all things will become new. And the things that you struggled with, your children will never struggle with. And then your grandchildren will never struggle with. Isn't it worth fighting the bear now? Fighting the Goliath now? I will take that Goliath down for the future generations. So David said, I've done all of this. I've been faithful. I've showed up when I needed to show up. These are things that you have done. You continued coming to church. You continued serving at your post. You continued giving when it was challenges. You continued loving God when you didn't understand the story. You've been faithful. And that faithfulness has a payoff, doesn't it? I saw this quote the other day, and it says, if you feel ridiculous, no, you'll, it feels ridiculous until it looks miraculous. So it may seem ridiculous what you're believing for. It may feel ridiculous until it looks miraculous. You keep believing God for what you're believing God for. And I promise you, you'll see a miracle. But how do we do that? I want us to go over to uh, verse 20 before they fought Goliath. And I want you to see this. So David rose early in the morning from his father, uh, verse 20, um, and left the sheep with the keeper and took, let's look at this, took the things, so his dad sent him with things, filled his hands up, and went as Jesse had commanded him, and he came to the camp as the army was going out to fight, shouting for battle. 
For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up battle array against the army, army against army. But verse 22, and David, look at this, left his supplies in the hands of a supply keeper and ran to the army and came and greeted his brothers. Now leave that there. What, I want you to get this picture. David came carrying a load. David came carrying things. But he heard the shouts of the battle. He heard the shouts of the army about um, Goliath. What did David do? Did he take the things that he was loaded down with to go fight Goliath? What did he do? He put them down. There are some things in this journey that you need to put down. Put them down. If it's the past, if it's unforgiveness, if it's people's opinions, you cannot go into your future carrying the load that somebody else put on you. You will never win carrying someone else's supplies. David said, this doesn't matter. I'm going to give it to somebody else, and i got to go and find what's going on with my brothers. So you got to put something down. Say, put it down. Now, go to verse 40 really quick. We're going to fast forward to when he's about to fight Goliath. So he put something down, and in verse 40, when he's facing Goliath, what did he do? Then he took his staff in his hand. So what do we see David doing for victory? He's putting down, and I'm picking up. you got to put down the things of old, and you got to pick up the word of God. you got to pick up who you are in Christ Jesus. It's time to take the staff With the word of God in your hands. David didn't take anybody else's experience. He didn't take on the armor that King Saul wanted to put on him. He took his own experience with Jesus on the back of the field. He knew what worked for him. It was his sling. He knew how to fight the enemy with his sling. So he picked up five smooth stones. He picked up God. And those five smooth stones means, you know, prophet, pastor, evangelist, teacher. I always forget the fourth one, fifth one. Evangelists, I might have said it. Anyway, fivefold ministry. So David picked up the five smooth stones. He picked up what he knew in his relationship with Jesus, and he took one stone, and he put it in there, and I believe it was the prophetic stone. He put one stone, and he said, in this day, Goliath, I'm going to cut your head out. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to cut your head off, and the birds are going to eat your flesh, and I'm going to carry your head into the city to show victory. It didn't matter where David put that stone. He could have shot it way over here, but the word of the Lord went forth, and that stone hit the only part of Goliath that could kill him. You got to take what you know, not my word. Take your word from God. Take your experience with Jesus and go take Goliath down. It's time to cut Goliath's head off, isn't it? It's time to say enough is enough. I'm not going around this miracle one more time. I'm not going through this situation one more time. Goliath, you are coming down, and I am going through. And I'm receiving what God has for me. And that is victory. Not only for me, but for my entire household. Amen. Let's close with Isaiah 61.1. Our time went so fast. And I'm almost needing my bifocals up here, you all. And I am not happy about it. I'm going to start printing my scriptures bigger. (laughs) All right. The spirit, this is for you guys. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. We're going to read this together. Ready? One, two, three. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, 
to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Amen? When you are free, you set others free, and God has that for you. Amen? Amen. Give the Lord a great big shout this morning. Pastor Paul, I'll have you start making your way. I want to make sure everyone has a chance to know Jesus. You all look real familiar to me, but let's just make things right with the Lord, and let's get our victory. Amen. Let's put down those Goliaths in our life, and let's take what Jesus has for us in this season. So, Father, I thank you today that you are breaking strongholds. You are breaking the resistance of the Goliaths in our life. God, we are going to rise up right now in Jesus' name. We're going to rise up as warriors in this season, walking in power, walking in authority, walking in victory. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. I love you all so much. Happy Fourth of July. And let's welcome Pastor Paul.